0: Oh,
1: Howdy everybody, Cable Smith, welcoming each and every one of you into episode 613 of SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. Thank you so much for being here today, it is a pleasure, a treat, an honor to be here talking all things outdoors with you, so thanks for dropping by, Um, man, I've got a great show lined up for you, and uh, I guess I won't waste any time telling you all about it so you know what to do go ahead pull up that stool usually there's more pleasantries than that right like hey what are you hunting what's 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 going on what season are we in nothing deer season duck season are over it is like that uh that time of the year where it's just dead i do have one uh quail hunt coming up like february 18th through the 20th um and I'm going to be looking at this property for uh, potentially quail and turkey as far as leasing it is concerned. Uh, so it's like, basically, it's an interview. I'm going to be checking out the place and uh, doing a little quail hunting while I'm there. It's in in Texas, though. It's a five-hour drive. So uh, we'll give it a spin and uh, see if there's a huntable number of bobwhites and look for turkey as well. And then, uh, But yeah, it's, that, it's kind of that dead time of the year where... There's not a lot going on until turkey season starts in March. Uh, I guess there's always hogs and coyotes, and there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, also catching up on sleep. And when I was a younger man, it didn't really – the season, the attrition, it didn't phase me. These days, though, at 40, yeah, I could go for a weekend of catching up on lost sleep. Uh, Maybe the the red in my eyes will – Eventually go away. (laughs) I'm sure some of y'all feel the same way. But uh, anyway, what are we doing today? Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of Black Rifle coffee out of that beat up old Stanley Thermos. Because we're ready to rock and roll and off the top. Uh, Something happened to me last week regarding censorship. And big tech trying to cancel me. So, uh, yeah, we will talk a little bit about that. Then we will shift gears and get into a big buck tale for the ages with uh, Ohio hunter Jason Klein. Jason Klein will be here to tell us all about this buck named Herman. You've probably seen him. He's been making the rounds on social media lately. Herman has. uh, So I tracked down who was holding him. Turned out it was Jason. So Jason will be here. Looking forward to that. Then I'll sit down with Ike Eastman. We actually taped this conversation at the SCI convention in Vegas uh, two weekends ago. And Ike is hes one of my favorite people to visit with. We are very similar, except for he lives in Wyoming and I live in Texas. Uh, But we're going to get into what is fundamentally wrong with the hunting community here in 2022. And how do we fix it? I think it's very important to have this conversation because uh, it's, uh, it's concerning, to say the least. Then uh, we'll talk mule deer migration, how this buck named Popeye helped change the way that Wyoming ultimately understood and then subsequently managed their mule deer population. Popeye is one of three very important books, uh, Goliath and, I believe, Morty, or the other two, all very famous. So famous, in fact, that Popeye is now on a bottle of bourbon that sits in my liquor cabinet. So uh, Ike will explain how all of that came to pass, and it's a conversation you're not going to want to miss. So uh, great stuff coming up with Ike Eastman. That's what's on the docket for today. I'm excited about it, no doubt about that. Hope you are as well. Um let's do a quick giveaway. How about a swag pack from Black Rifle Coffee, T-shirt, cap, and uh, a couple bags of coffee. We'll give you a light and a dark roast. All you need to do, email the word. How about just rifle? That's rifle to Lone Star Outdoors Show at gmail.com and you are entered into today's Black Rifle Giveaway let's knock out that break coming up next big tech got me i'll tell you all about it right here on sci's lone star Outdoor show Let's face it, guys. We all would love to own land, right? But they're not making any more of it. However, there's a solution. Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers finance their own piece of paradise for over 100 years. Whether you want it for recreating, ranching, fishing, hunting, or just to get the hell out of Dodge for the weekend, visit Lone Star Ag Credit today to start making that dream a reality. Hey, guys. Cable here. And if there's one service, one company that I rely on heavily when planning my next backcountry hunt, it's Onyx Hunt. They have, for a long time, set the gold standard when it comes to giving me the information I need to basically predict where I'm gonna find animals. And if you can hone in on where the animals are gonna be, you're gonna be more successful. Onyx uses their own topo maps, plus, I mean, geographical features like watering holes or a meadow system that works its way down a mountainside where you know those elk are gonna be feeding, and muleys in the morning and evenings. Yeah, it'll show you that as well. Uh, Plus, of course, private property boundaries. Where does the National Forest end? Where does Rancher Joe's property start? Yeah, it's going to show you that as well. So whether you're planning a backcountry hunt or just picking ambush points to hang your tree stands on your whitetail property, Onyx shows it all to you. They've got different layers you can apply to a, a specific grid or a piece of property. It's really rad, and here's the cool thing. You'll save 20% when you order your Onyx subscription by using my promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out at onxmaps.com. Tonight it's hard to
2: find the
1: words that make sense of what occurs. Forgive me while
2: I figure out Just what this song's about
1: That's the Steep Canyon Rangers Bad Night bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Cable Smith here with you. And this segment of the show is proudly brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy. With locations in Marion, just outside of New Braunfels, and San Antonio, Josh and Becky Gunther have been taking care of all of my trophy mounts for over a decade now. They do amazing work. I mean, the highest quality taxidermy you're going to find. They offer quick turnaround time, and they answer the phone when you call. Imagine that. You can find them at gr 8 mounts.com for your next trophy. All right, so what are we doing here? Uh, well, in this segment, we are going to talk about hunting and the Second Amendment and how it is under fire from big tech, obviously from this corrupt administration as well. whom you know, uh, the press secretary Jen Psaki will, she's even said, and this isn't news, y'all, that she is working with Facebook to flag post, Well, not she, but the Biden administration, is working with Facebook to flag posts that are, quote, misinformation or, quote, dangerous. Well, who decides that? (laughs) They do. And it's no different than uh, Facebook, quote, fact checkers that are on Facebook's payroll. It it makes absolutely no sense, right? (laughs) Well, anyway, um, my Facebook page has been shadow banned or suppressed for so long that this week someone was like, I can't even get the comments to load. Like other people that follow the page and comment on a post, like those don't even load the comments. They suppress that. So people can't even see what other people are saying. All right. Okay. Whatever. Well, Saturday morning I'm in the duck blind. It's the last weekend of the season. And, uh, I open up my Instagram as we're waiting for, first light and it's gone. My page has been disabled at 145,000 followers. And you could be like, oh, "Okay, well, you know, you knew this was going to happen. Quit crying over spilled milk. Nobody cares, so you can quit with the woe is me spiel." And that's true. And to be frank with you, I don't I didn't lose any sleep over it. But here's the problem is that the The reason why the page was deleted was because of hunting-related posts. They were so flimsy. One, one of the violations was a picture of a deer. Well, it was old Freaky. It was on the lease this past year. And it said, uh, what does this buck do for you? He's pretty weird looking. I'm going to shoot him or maybe I'll even let Henry shoot him uh, if, I think, if I think he'll make the 13-inch inside spread requirement. That post was flagged for, quote, promoting harm and coordinating crime. I, re- I had them review it. Nope, still stood. Okay. Uh, a static photo of my hunting rifle from the last week of December next to a rub that a buck made, and all the caption said was, hoping to run into the guy who made this at some point. Boom. Deleted for inciting violence. <laughs> We're talking about legal hunting, guys, and the thing is, these are just words, written words, not actions that have even happened. So now, speech is forbidden because the act hasn't happened, and just forget about the flimsy premise of why these posts have been deleted. A photo of Parker McCollum, friend of the show, holding a mountain lion that he got this year, deleted for graphic violence. There wasn't a drop of blood in that. Photo. And Parker, who has what, like half a million followers, posted it on his page, not flagged, not deleted. So the hypocrisy, well, it's just very clear. They're targeting people like myself who speak out for freedom, who speak out for the Second Amendment, who speak out for ethical and legal hunting, and who speak out against the woke mob because I do that. None of the posts that I ever made were flagged um, that were of a political or anti-woke nature. It was all hunting stuff. Uh, Another one in this video went viral. The hunter, the elk hunter in Colorado, you've probably seen the video where the mountain lion, it's standing there. He's trying to talk it down. He's like, don't do it. Don't do it. I don't want to shoot you. The only thing lunges at him, he ends up shooting it. Kills it. Deleted. For promoting crime the guy was exonerated by Colorado Fish and Game it wasn't a crime he was defending his life more importantly that video went viral on Instagram was posted on dozens of other pages none of them got it deleted so you know connect the dots here and the point is that it's not going to end with me they're going to keep coming after folks who think like I do think a lot like you do more than likely. So where does it end? And then my hope is that, you know, if I get the page back, great, I don't think that I will, but at 145,000 followers, I haven't seen a bigger account deleted um, under such, I mean, the the violations are just, they don't hold water. There's no review process. It's our way or the highway and you could say, well, it's a private platform. That is true. It is, but they are a news outlet. Most people get their news from social media these days. And that makes them a publisher. Which means they don't, they, they forfeit the right to censor content. And so, that going back to the question of how does the outdoor community respond? I don't know. I do not know. My hope is that everyone will rally. And when something like this happens to a person with a legitimate platform, that the outdoor community comes together. And whether that means supporting their new page collectively or signing a petition, I I really don't know. I mean, I have SCI's lawyers and uh, legal teams hopefully, you know, getting the NRA involved as well because they do still have some clout. Um, But what do we do as a community when people are deplatformed, are canceled, it's going to be interesting to see. Are we in it together? Or is everyone like, well, it sucks for cable, but you know, at least my page didn't get shut down, so we'll just keep on rocking in the free world. <laughs> what a douche Neil Young is. Um, yeah. That's where we're at. And I'm not going to be the last domino to fall. That's the scary thing. It's only going to happen, and it's going to happen with increasing regularity. So, are we going to flex by showing power and unity in numbers? Or is everyone just in it for themselves? Because that's where we're at at this point, here at the beginning of 2022. Um, Weird times we live in, friends. Weird times we live in. So, just stuff to chew on. Think about if um, you were following at Lone Star Outdoors Show on Instagram. It's gone. The backup page is at cable underscore Smith underscore outdoors. Cable underscore Smith underscore outdoors. That's what it is. Yep. So uh, you can find me there for the time being, and I haven't really started promoting that page very hard. I'm waiting to see what's going to happen with the other one, Um, but that's where you can find me for now. Anyway, uh, going back to that duck hunt, on Saturday, the last one of the season, two points of, of reflection there. Hunting without a dog still sucks. Like, it just is the worst. And kudos to all of you that do it regularly. I've, I have no interest in it. I mean, I did it the last f- three or four hunts of this season after Bell's uh, passing, but yeah, I don't think I would continue to be a hardcore waterfowler if, uh, the dog wasn't involved, so JoJo's at training. She will be ready for next season. Other thing, while I was walking around, silver lining, when you're walking around picking up your own ducks, well, these other little birds started flying around in this little marshy area where we were hunting. They were snipe, and I hadn't shot a snipe in 10 years, probably. I forgot how much fun those were, and there I think I saw four. I shot two of them. Those things are some, that makes for some sporty <laughs> shooting, let me tell you. Uh, those birds are awesome and were delicious. They are about the the size of a dove breast once you uh, clean them and everything. But the flavor profile, wow, very mild. Uh, chicken fried those things up, medium rare. Oh, made some breakfast sandwiches. Two thumbs up for snipe. Uh, way underrated. Uh, that segment, by the way, brought to you by All Seasons Feeders and the Big Gone Deer Blind. My family loves it. We've we've made so many memories in that deer blind. Uh, I can fit Henry, Frankie, Stella, and Mama in there comfortably. And we've made so many memories. Henry shot his first deer out of that blind two seasons ago. Uh, when I think about deer camp, the Big gone is a big part of that. So, if you're looking to introduce your little ones into hunting, I don't think there's any better way than taking a look at the Big Chingo, which you can find at allseasonsfeeders.com. Coming up next, Ohio hunter Jason Klein joins us, and we'll get into the story of Herman, the Midwestern monarch, right here on SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. you) adios
0: my old friend i'm going back to texas like an arrow through the wind. so until we meet again adios.
1: hey guys cable here and if you're listening to this show you probably like ars and i'm not talking about antler restrictions i'm talking about you know ars modern sporting rifles and Timber Creek Outdoors has the best way I've found to take your AR to the next level. It's the Enforcer Kit. It features high-end performance parts and jaw-dropping looks. It's perfect for sportsmen, competitors, firearms, enthusiasts, and people who trust their lives to their equipment, like you and I. When combined together, these parts improve usability, as well as ergonomics, big word there, and dependability of any small framed modern sporting rifle. Timber Creek products are manufactured by Americans in the USA God bless America. And they implement uncompromising quality control and offer a lifetime warranty. They've got a bunch of different color options, something for everybody. I've got a Hunter Green Enforcer Kit on my 224 Valkyrie. Absolutely love it. You will too. Check out the Enforcer Kit at Timber TimberCreekOutdoorsInc.com. If you're looking to remodel your home, add a deck or arbor to the back patio, redo your fence, or build your dream home from the ground up, look no further than ecr construction group my longtime bow hunting buddy josh brown is someone you can trust to deliver honest work on time ecr construction group also serves the north texas area specializing in roofing barn dominium builds painting and carpentry so for your next project call the folks i trust that's ecr construction group at 214-400-1444 or ecrcg.com In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman. Visit BobcatOfDallas.com today. The up in Houston off the wayside time drive son of a car hopped some all
0: night long that rover stock car to a girl in death all i
1: remember was a ghost man's that ain't living all like this. there's little wayland jinnings bringing us back on sci's lone star Outdoor show presented by mossberg firearms cable smith here with you as always thanks for dropping by today we're all set Head up to the Midwest and hear the tale of a buck named Herman, a monstrous free-range whitetail deer that uh, was well-known throughout one local community. Uh, but before we hear about this Ohio monarch, this segment brought to you by Big and J Whitetail Attractants. While nobody actually killed Herman, I guarantee you, If uh, somebody would have put out a little Big and J, they'd have increased their odds, no doubt about that. My kids love it. I swear by it. And for good reason. When you put it out, the deer come. It's that simple. And I mean within hours. Sometimes you put it out at noon on a brand new spot. The deer are there that evening. I've had it happen many times. Uh, I like the BB Squared, but they've got an entire lineup of whitetail attractants. And you can find them at uh, com. And with that being said, uh, let's bring on our first guest, joining us from somewhere in Ohio. Uh, I can see on our Zoom call here, the buck in question displayed proudly on his wall. It is my pleasure to welcome Jason Klein to the show.
2: Hey, how's it going?
1: It's great to visit with you. Uh, So first of all, tell us uh, where you're from.
2: Uh, I live near Green Springs, Ohio, which is in Northwest Ohio, very rural area out here. Uh
1: Uh-huh. So, are you, uh, are you a Bengals fan?
2: Uh, I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't know. I can't. It's like, I think I was like seven the last time they were in the Super Bowl. 1988. Boomer season, huh?
2: Right. Yeah. Not, not much hope for the Browns, but uh, it's cool that the Bengals are in there. beans are from Ohio. So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, are you a, a lifelong outdoorsman?
2: Yeah. I've been hunting and fishing ever since my dad started taking me, you know, you know squirrel hunting, rabbit hunting, way back when I was just barely old enough to walk around with the BB gun? I I started with the 22 actually. I okay. don't didn't mess with the BB gun too much.
1: So I just went right for it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, so last week I was checking my Instagram messages and I got a, a photo from uh, your buddy Levi and he was holding this deer. And I was like I've seen that deer. I've actually posted a a photo of that deer on my on my page, but it was somebody else that was holding it. <laughs> so I said I said I recognize that deer. Is that the Ohio monster that everyone's been talking about? And he was like, yeah, my, my buddy Jason is the one that uh, found it. And so I said, well, cool. I'd love to hear the story about that if Jason's up for it. Uh, so here we are. Um, thanks, thanks, Levi, by the way. Um, so tell us a little bit about this buck. And I think, I think you nicknamed him Herman or maybe the local community did. It seems like a lot of people knew about him.
2: Yeah, so the, the name came from the the farmer that owned the property where this deer resided. He's the one that uh, named it Herman. I don't really know how that came about, but just one day he was like, "Hey, I saw Herman today," and I'm like, "Who's Herman?" And he's like, "The deer." I'm like, "Oh, okay. Well, we'll we'll roll with that. That'll work," you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so this deer lived on a predominantly no hunting property. Um, I can hunt a small portion that butts up to that um, to kind of set this whole thing up, but he lived, uh, he lived like out way in, like out in the open pretty much all the time. He was always out in these fields and like really wide open area this farmer owned and which made him really, really visible to everybody. So that's kind of how the, the popularity started. Um, and he, uh, he didn't really seem to care about people seeing him. You could pretty much go out there almost every morning, every evening, and you would see him somewhere if you, if you made a loop around the block. Huh. So he became, uh, became really famous he actually started out as a as a big humongous uh nine point typical um I have those sheds too from two years ago and they scored almost 190 inches or something as a nine point yeah they're they're huge so we found those sheds two years ago and then a guy across the road found his sheds from the year after that and then I found him dead last winter um so that's kind of that's kind of the backstory of it all. Um, just a short yeah backstory of how he became so popular. And when people just drive around the road and they start taking pictures and then with social media and everything, like his popularity just kind of uh, kind of ballooned out of control at one point.
1: I'm surprised this deer never got poached, to be honest with you.
2: Yeah, I think uh, a couple of reasons why, A, you know, the farmer lives right there, the very open area. I mean, there's houses around, people around. And I think actually as popular as the deer was, I think it was almost impossible to really pull off because everybody knew where that deer lived and he didn't really roam too far. So I think if anybody would have taken him illegally, it would have been really hard to, I guess, to, to say you did it legally just based on the fact he was always on this no hunting property all the time.
1: Uh huh. Well, someone did find his sheds across the road though. So he at least yeah trail, he
2: hopefully. he did move around quite a bit there was it was interesting after he was found dead a lot of people sent me trail cam pictures um of him from different places that were close so he did go across roads and and things of that nature but predominantly he he stayed in a fairly small area
1: so ohio i mean i know you guys have a, obviously an archery season are you is ohio one of the states that now like allows the 350 legend the straight wall
2: yeah yep, we can yeah. straight wall cartridge i have almost probably been four or five years now they've had that yeah yeah
1: yeah and so do you know if anyone that was actively hunting him ever saw him on the hoof?
2: Well, yeah, there's uh, I had, let's see, I saw him twice while actually hunting. Um, I had several trail cam pictures of him, daylight, nighttime. Um, I had him at about 85 yards, the second day of gun season. Um, not last year, but the year before mm. um, I was at work actually. And I have a cell camera set up and I started getting pictures of him at my tree stand and it was like post rut and he was found this little doe everywhere all like he was on like three different cameras that day and the pictures come to my phone at two o'clock when I get off work and I was like holy crap he was right there like one o'clock it was like right around one o'clock I'm like mm. he's right there like I gotta go so I flew out of work grabbed my gear my gun threw all my orange tree stand and as I was walking back there I was like man I better be careful like he was just right here like I might just walk right in on him So I come around this corner and I look to my left through this ravine and there he stood, like just, I hadn't walked in the woods two minutes and there he stands about 80, I'm guessing 80, 85 yards. And he's, he's in the trees, he's in the woods. uh, And he's just standing there broadside staring right at me. But the problem was there's a broken down fence right there in that area. And I was pretty confident he was on the neighbor's property that doesn't allow anybody to hunt. And I couldn't really tell exactly where he was standing to say if he was on my side or the neighbor's side. And then of course there are some trees and brush and things in the way. So. I looked at him through my scope for what seemed like eternity. Um, <laughs> just kind of, oh, wow. I just knew nothing I could really do. It was just a crappy situation. So I just no, you helped. You just made build. the
1: ethical choice. That, and that's, oh, that's great to hear. Yeah.
2: I agonize over it to this day because I'm like, man, what side of the fence was he standing on? I, I still don't really know 100% for sure. But to see him standing there at 80, 85 yards with a gun in your hand and, and you couldn't shoot was, uh, <laughs> <it> was terrible. <laughs> yeah.
1: and And so you saw him one other time as well.
2: Yeah. I saw him during bow season one time when I was hunting. And then obviously I, I saw him, you know, a bunch of times just driving around the block, mornings, evenings, whatever. Um, he was being hunted by probably, there was about three or four of us that had legitimate, you know, chance of killing him. Um, mm-hmm. but nobody ever took a shot at him as, as far as I know.
1: How big is the property that he lived on?
2: Oh, it's a few, it's, it's a few hundred acres, but like I said, it's mostly open fields and he just yeah. spent a lot of time out there in these open cut cornfields and just out in this open bean field. And he'd just be bedded down out in these fields all the time. He just, he liked to live in the open. That was kind of strange for a deer that big to want to spend all this time out in the open. I mean, there was plenty of places to hide, you know, where he could have stayed hidden, but he just, the last couple of years of his life, he didn't seem to really care who saw him or anything.
1: Wow. Wow. Okay. And you had the parcel next to it. So obviously, uh, yeah, why, that was why you saw him a couple times over. Yeah, there.
2: Yeah, correct. Uh-huh.
1: Okay. So, Where did you, where did you end up finding him? Well, first of all, did everyone notice that he disappeared?
2: Like, was it assumed
1: that he was dead?
2: Yeah. So last year about middle October ish, he just went off the radar, totally disappeared. Everybody quit seeing him. Everybody quit seeing him. And I mean, people were seeing this deer every single day. So I was like, man, something's something's wrong. Something's up, you know, something bad happened, you know, whatever. So nobody saw him again from middle of October, the whole rest of the year. And, uh, I knew something bad had happened. Nobody really knew and There was a lot of rumors and whatever, but I knew nobody had killed him cause it would have been all over the internet, social media, whatever. Right. And so I, I do a lot of shed hunting and the farmer that doesn't allow me to actually hunt, he allows me to shed hunt. Um, okay. cause he doesn't like all the deer antlers in his tractor tires and all that thing. So he's like, Hey, if you want to go find antlers, no problem. So I was like, man, this deer's dead somewhere. Like he he's back here somewhere. Like I just got to find him." So there's a, like a brushy Creek bottom in the back part of his property that I find, I found that deer back there. And I'm like, man, if I was a big deer and I went somewhere to die, like that's probably where I would go, you know, it mm-hmm. seemed like a place where they'd want to just go, you know? And, uh, so he was literally like, I took a guess where I thought he would be. And I found him within five minutes. I mean, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was pretty crazy. I just came over this little Hill and I was like, right in this Creek bottom. I'm like, there he is right, right. there.
1: And so when was this that you found him?
2: January like twenty fifth.
1: Okay? He disappeared in October.
2: Yeah, middle of October. Yep. Wow. Yeah, and there wasn't anything left other than uh, the the antlers were there, and then the backbone, some legs, a whole bunch of hair. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there was nothing. There's nothing else left.
1: So no, point. no way to tell what what killed him? No. Uh-uh. Was he a fighter, or was he just? Uh, like, do you think that some another buck gored him, or? I-
2: I don't nobody know. I doubt
1: someone shot him. So,
2: yeah, at least, at least, yeah, nobody, I mean, nobody said that they, you know, wounded him or shot him or anything mm-hmm. like that. So I don't, I don't really know what happened. There's speculation yeah. of all kinds of things, obviously. So do you it's guys, hard have to a say. Of we'll CWD? never know what's that. No, we don't. Got- no, not up here. We don't, thankfully. Okay. that's um, good. So. So it could have been COVID. I don't know. That was yeah. the peak of COVID.
1: Maybe I don't know. <laughs> well, no, it was. Uh, it was Wisconsin that was telling their deer hunters to uh, wear masks and gloves so they didn't get COVID while cleaning right. deer this fall.
2: Right. Idiots.
1: Yeah. Uh, we had our Texas Parks and Wildlife uh, deer biologist on to, to talk to to get his take on that. And he was like, "They're just that's just stupid." <laughs> <laughs> like I, we are not telling Texas hunters to wear masks and gloves when they're cleaning deer this fall? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so you find the deer. And I'm sure that you were able to get an idea of how old he was based off of everyone's history with him plus his teeth.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when I found him, I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting because, you know, in Ohio, you can't just pick up a a deer rack that's attached to the skull and just keep it. You got to call Vision Wildlife and all that. So. I took a whole bunch of pictures, a whole bunch of video, because I knew that's people. so weird. And,
1: Texas is like the Wild West; so you just can do whatever you want.
2: If it's attached to the skull, you got to get paperwork and all that from the Division uh-huh. of Wildlife, and then, of course, with this deer being so big and everything, so I got a hold of the Game Board, and he knew all about this deer too. And I was like, "Hey, I found this, I found this deer deck. You come out here," and he's like, "Yeah, sure. I'm like twenty minutes out. I'm like perfect." So I took a bunch of pictures and videos of the area because I knew people were going to make accusations and all kinds of crazy stuff. So. Uh-huh. I did all that. And he came out and, you know, asked me a whole bunch of questions. And then he's like, well, he's like, we got to go talk to the landowner. Cause you know, it's technically on his property. So we went over to the landowner's house and he's like, yeah, that's cool. Like he can have it. You know, I don't, I don't want it, whatever. So they finally signed uh, the paperwork and then gave the deer to me at that point. And, um, it was amazing. I, uh, I had you knew to give the him-
1: landowner didn't want it. You, you had a pretty good idea. He would let you keep it.
2: Yeah, pr- pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, he's, he let me keep sheds and all that stuff before. And I didn't mm-hmm. think there would be any issue. I mean, I was, I was a little concerned he, he might want to keep it. So, that, you know, it's kind of nerve wracking there for a minute, yeah. but he was super cool about it. He's like, Hey, yeah, uh, you, you can have it, man. You, you hunted that deer. You know, all about that deer. Like, it, it's famous. If you want it, you can have it. That's cool. So that was cool. And then what was, I had the craziest thing was I had the, the game board and take a picture of me holding it, which is the picture that where I'm in the woods standing there. And, I wasn't really sure what to do with the picture. I was like, well, I mean, I don't, I didn't really want to put it on Facebook. Cause I was afraid what was going to happen. But then I was like, how do I keep this? I can't keep this thing to myself. You know what I mean? Like somebody's yeah. going to take a picture of it. So I, I took a picture and uh, put it on Facebook and it was, it was nationwide within many minutes. It was, it was crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nuts. I
1: think I saw it. Uh, somebody probably messaged it to me or I saw it on Facebook or something. But didn't have any idea about the backstory. All all I knew that was from Ohio, allegedly. Mm-hmm. So,
2: yeah. yeah. Every I mean every major, you know, outdoor everything, and it was my phone blew up for an entire day. You know, podcasts and radio interviews and TV and magazines, and it was it was crazy for about two weeks. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so the deer is. I'm I'm looking at his rack in the background there, mm-hmm. and just looking at his uh, official score sheet here, twenty. Five, 24 and 7 8 inches wide he carries his mass all the way out and then he's got like i don't know four drop times or something
2: yeah so i think the the coolest thing about this deer is like it literally has everything like the mass is humongous he's got drop times there's kickers there's flyers his brow tines are ginormous his his mainframe is huge he's one yeah. of like the biggest mainframe deer out there you know if you take all the take all the junk off um but yeah
1: and so what did what did he score
2: uh two thirty 230, two thirty four, I believe, is what it came out to. So two thirty four. Yeah. But somewhere
1: I saw I saw two forty one somewhere. I don't know if that was that was,
2: was yeah, that was we initially uh we initially kind of did it ourselves. So we came uh-huh. fairly close. And he's been scored by a couple of different people, so you get different variations of of scores, but you know, right around two thirty four two thirty six, I believe, is what it was.
1: So where does that stack up in the history of Ohio Whitetail?
2: Um, I had it sent in, he's, he's in the top 20. I know for sure. If I remember right from what they told me. Okay. So, wow. and that's a, yeah, that's, yeah. God, that's
1: an, just an awesome, awesome deer. And so you, you had four years of history with this deer or knew about
2: him for four years. It, yeah, at least. Cause I mean, he was, when I first noticed him, he was a big typical at that point. He was probably four ish to be as big as he was. I would say he was four. So. Yeah, they aged him at I think I believe it was seven years. Um, I had the teeth sent into a lab in uh, Kansas, I believe, and they do the cementum aging and all that. And we thought he was going to actually be older than that, but he wasn't as old as we thought. He just just blew up so fast.
1: Was it really cold in October? I mean,
2: no, it, it was it was normal. It was nothing nothing abnormal. You know that you know necessarily would have would have killed him that I can think of. So it it's hard to say. Mystery. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty well, warm here in October, so there wasn't any any crazy weather patterns or anything like that. Or yeah, yeah. I should have so, looked for him sooner, but I was busy hunting, and you know, we really weren't sure if he was dead and all that kind of thing. So I just, you know, I didn't I didn't start looking for him in that regard.
1: Well, man, what a what an incredible deer, and good good on you for for finding him and and really just using your your knowledge as a as a, a deer hunter. Where would a big buck go to die? right always close to water yeah uh, thick cover and just to walk up on him in five minutes was uh Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool and and also cool that the landowner who's not he's it sounds like he likes the deer like being around
2: yeah he's just i mean he he hunts a little bit himself um here and there but most he's just mostly clearly
1: not or that deer would be on his wall yes (laughs) yeah for
2: sure (laughs) If he wanted to kill that deer, he could have killed it a hundred, a hundred different times. I mean, as much as yeah. it was out in the open and on his property, it's just deer hunting's not a, it's not a real big thing to him. So, and he's just, yeah. he's just always has never allowed anybody to hunt. He's not anti hunting. He just, one of them landowners that prefers people not be hunting on his property, but sure, uh, thankfully has always been really cool with me. You know, if I shoot a deer and it runs on his place or my boy shoots a deer and it runs on his place, I just call him. He's like, yeah, go get your deer. No problem. So we've always had a good relationship like that, and I'll, I'll forever be indebted for him uh, letting me keep this thing.
1: Well, man, I certainly appreciate your time. I, I love a good big buck story, and uh, this one certainly fits the bill. So uh, thanks for jumping on and and uh, sharing the the story of Herman, the just absolute monster Ohio whitetail.
2: And uh, yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me yeah. on.
1: Hope I don't know if you hunt turkeys in the spring or or if you're more into fishing or whatever, but uh, I hope you have a, a great spring as well.
2: Yeah, I try to go to South Dakota every year and shoot birds out there. It's it's a great time. So,
1: so do you, are those uh, are those rios in South Dakota?
2: I mean, they have. I go out there to chase the Miriams around. We have Easterns in Ohio, so I go out there to shoot Miriams. Yeah. Have
1: you ever shot a a rio?
2: I have not. It's actually my dad and I are talking about uh, doing a trip maybe this even this spring. So we're kind of looking into that. Yeah. Well,
1: we have lots of them in Texas. That's so. what I hear. <laughs> yeah, lots of opportunity, and uh, you can shoot four of them. So. That's nice. Yes, indeed it is. Jason, thanks again for your time, brother.
2: All right, you too.
1: So there he goes, Jason Klein. And you guys have heard me talk about shed hunting enough. You know that I don't actively participate. I really don't care about it at all, to be frank with you. Uh, Now, if I had my own property or if I had a place to shed hunt where I knew a 200-plus-inch whitetail was walking around, eh. might change things a little bit. I mean, yeah, I'd be out there looking for Herman, too, (laughs) for good reason. A hell of a deer. That segment, by the way, brought to you by the Stealth Cam Fusion wireless trail camera. Whether you're looking for uh, Herman during the season or, you know, these days it's all about piling up the bacon. So once I see a sounder coming into a feeder three, four, five days in a row, you know my butt will be in the stand. Time is money and time is irreplaceable. So the Fusion helps me make sure that I'm not wasting that precious time. You can find the Fusion as well as Stealth Cam's entire lineup of trail cameras right there at StealthCam.com. Coming up next, our old friend Ike Eastman from Eastman's Hunting Journal joins us. Uh, We'll talk about what's wrong internally with the hunting industry and another big buck tale. The story of Popeye and how he helped change uh, mule deer conservation in Wyoming and also uh, how he ended up on a bottle of bourbon that is now in my liquor cabinet. That's coming at you right here on SCI's Lone
0: Star Outdoor Show. Ain't enough dance halls in Texas to Keep my heart and mind occupied I'm trying it all the time yeah, I'm out every night Ruck, yeah, seems to so my words, to
1: this song, to get back. back on top of Rivalon. Tactical Skeleton Firearms specializes in custom AR-10 firearms. They're best known for their AR-10 308 pistols, also dual-caliber AR-10 rifle systems and dual-caliber AR-15 takedown pistols. Tactical Skeleton specializes in custom Cerakoting engraving, and they'll custom laser cut the foam insert inside your hard gun case. We'll also, take on any exotic caliber build offered on the AR 10 or AR 15 platform. Precision machining and hand built quality guaranteed by a lifetime warranty. Who does that? Get free shipping on your order when you visit tacticalskeleton.com today. There's something nostalgic about the old timey general store, and that's exactly what you're going to find in downtown Goldwaite, Texas, at the Mills County General Store. They're licensed FFL with rifle, pistols, and shotguns, ammo gun accessories, hunting accessories, deer, corn, and attractants, sporting goods. They've got a wide array of knives to choose from, plus insulated apparel for both work and camo for hunting season, fishing supplies. They've got foods like anchor tea, grass-fed beef, Dublin sodas, gourmet sauces, and a whole lot more. Also, Ace Hardware. From wall to wall, they have it all. Check it out. The Mills County General Store right there in Goldwaite, Texas. Hi, this is a professional bass angler Kelly Jordan And if I'm not on the lake
2: or in the deer stand There's a good chance I'll be listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show
0: My Nashville friends that think I'm strange To make my home out on the range They think it's nothing but a god-forsaken land Why don't you bring your guitar and family and move on down to Tennessee
2: Well, I just smile because they
1: don't understand There's the late, great Chris Ledoux. Western Skies, bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. Cable Smith here with you. We're about to head west to Wyoming. Not really. I mean, I recorded the uh, discussion in Las Vegas. But Ike Eastman of Eastman's Hunting Journal uh, is a lifelong Wyoming resident and passionate big-game hunter. And we're going to hear the tale of Popeye. Among other things, but uh, before we do that, this segment of the show brought to you by Vortex Optics and the Fury 10 by 42 HD range finding binoculars. That's a whole lot to fit into uh, a bino, right? A great optic with a laser rangefinder on it. It's a game changer. And if you're like me, you're kind. Of, you know, I'm a minimalist. I don't. I don't want a lot of extra gear to have to take into the field. So when you combine your bino. And your optic, that's a win-win. And uh, you can find the Fury right there at VortexOptics.com. Uh, all right, well, let's go ahead and roll that conversation that Ike and I taped on Media Row at the SCI 50th Anniversary Convention in Las Vegas.
0: Ike, it's great to have you back on the show. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. I, lo- I love what you're doing. I really Thank do. You. Thank I you. Love being here at Safari Club. The best uh, – so I went to the banquet last night uh-huh. and uh, listened to John Don Jr. Yeah. talk, which was epic and the, all the politics. I didn't realize that the, that this show floor today, uh-huh. Saturday, has more millionaires in one place than any other time anywhere else on the planet. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. It's awesome. And they raise a pile of money here for conservation. I think they smashed all their previous records. Yeah. Yeah. I, I watched them. They they don't or they uh, auctioned a gun off last night for two hundred thousand dollars, and it wasn't even a custom gun, really. I mean, it was a proof <laughs> research, and uh, you know it was, it was it was it was done on purpose, and it was. I mean, it ain't worth the two hundred thousand dollars though, <laughs> right? So cool, so yeah. cool.
1: Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Yes. Um, and in in the cool people don't understand your your people do because I know you preach this, but. Uh, people don't understand, SCI is not just about safaris in Africa or Mongolia or something. They do more for hunting heritage, hunting rights, gun rights here in the U.S. than anybody. Yeah. I mean, them and the NRA, Yeah. which they do a pile, and they are so There was a big eye roll there when you said NRA. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was hoping this wasn't filmed, man. <clears throat> um yeah yeah so i won't get into that
1: i uh, I'm also a big fan of sportsman's alliance too uh, from the yes. from the aspect of who's keeping tabs on anti hunting legislation yes. in every state yeah. and uh and s c i does a great job Ben cassidy in in d c yeah and then also sportsman's alliance everybody needs to follow both of those organizations i agree because they
0: are their importance is paramount yeah, for, they're not, for what the, we do s i i's not just fighting you know for The ability to hunt elephants—they're fighting for your rights here in the U.S. Yeah, and they are so—they are so well connected politically. We're sitting at a banquet, and there's senators and representatives and governors. I just took
1: a picture with Tucker Carlson a second ago. Yeah,
0: Yeah. they got the president's son of Brazil talking. Tucker Carlson—I mean, you have to be involved in this. Become a life member. Uh, and people go, why would you become a life member? Become a life member because then they can use that when they are in Washington and go. We have X amount of life members, 738 of them, life members that we will send an email out in 14 minutes. You're going to get a lot of phone calls, so yeah. don't be dumb.
1: Right, right, yeah. So, sorry, and that was that was no, a spiel. that's okay. And but uh, like you said, maybe they, p- and it's the same thing with DSE. But like, do you pigeon yourself? Into a hole with a name like Safari Club. And then people think automatically, well, it's only Africa. But like you just said, SCI does so much here in North America, um, from the main organization to their chapters. Yeah. Boots on the ground. But it is very invested in North American conservation.
0: Yeah. North American conservation and rights. Mm -hmm. Gun rights, hunting rights. It isn't Junior just uh, it 65-year-old dudes that are going to Africa. No, yeah, no. And actually, there's a, I, I've been impressed. This is the first time I've been back to SEI in probably five or six years. This is my first time ever. So, really? Yeah. Oh, they used to have it in Reno. I yeah. hate Reno. Yeah, that's what I heard. It's oh, dump. It's like <laughs> wore out. But they bring it back to Vegas, and it's like 50th anniversary. All right, we're coming in. Yeah. I've been really impressed with how many young people are here. Yeah. Or maybe I'm just getting older. No, no. I don't know yeah but young yeah. people and, that and that's so important
1: too mm-hmm. because a lot okay older hunters that do have money mm-hmm. well they're older yeah. right so who where's the who's going to be carrying the flag next yeah. you know so yeah it's very important um somebody told me yesterday uh my friend Robbie from Blood Origins I lo- he said you look a little rough and I was like <laughs> well Robbie <It> Vegas. <laughs> I haven't been to Vegas in <laughs> 10 or 12 years and I, my wife was coming the next day, so I was like, I knew if I was going to play poker all night, it had to be last night. Yep. So I think I went to bed at like 4:30. Was went over to the MGM and played poker, like a good I, old degenerate. And
0: I I rolled in as the sun was coming up. Cause I, I'm a crap. <laughs> I was going to say you look a little rough today. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you were going with yeah. this. I, I uh I I played craps last night. Uh-huh. It was not great. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well,
1: I I put up the. Uh, the poker cards last night, my wife came in and we went
0: we went over to Fremont Street. Oh, isn't that a joy? Dude, there used to be a guy I had never been there. There used to be a guy. He's not there. I went and looked. There used to be a guy, uh, five years ago, ten years ago, that would allow for twenty bucks you could kick him in the junk on Fremont <laughs> oh Street. My god. <laughs> oh my god! There were You're women, have to edit this out. There were women
1: there <laughs> in thongs that you could you could pay. Like I saw a, d- a dude hand her twenty dollars to have Her whip him with a whip.
0: (laughs) There's so much wrong with that statement. For those those of you playing the home game, I'm rolling my eyes Mm -hmm. again. Yeah, So, yeah, so Fremont Street, that's
1: Old Vegas, that's Golden Nugget.
0: They've uh, they've cleaned it up, though. Ten years ago, it was a dump down there. But it is
1: a... It, it is night and day different from here. It is a party. Everyone is drinking in the streets, yelling, dancing, screaming. All holl- I mean, it was insanity. Yeah.
0: Did you do the Did you do the zip line? No. Oh no no no. I
1: did not zip. Uh, <laughs> no no no. I went into the Golden Nugget and found a roulette table, oh, and yeah. walked away with three hundred dollars more than I had when I started. So good for was, you. Did you go that. see
0: the Nugget? Yeah, that's where it was. Gold I light. mean, they have a Golden Nugget. Oh, no, in I didn't their see lobby that. no, Lobby that's as big as your head. Really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's or where it's called the a Golden Nugget. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. okay. Uh, it's probably fake. Fremont Street. It
1: is. It's good times. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's talk about something I know that's kind of tugging at your heartstrings, and it's, it seems like th- this industry <laughs> is at a crossroads. It is. And that's not a good thing. No. So we were talking about it off the air. I'm going to just kind of hand it off to you and, and let you talk about what, why, what's, what's going on. Why are you concerned with the future of our sport?
0: So um, – I don't even know how to that's It's start not a sport, this. it's a way of life, but it is. It is. Yeah. There's no competition here. Yeah. Um, so there is a crossroads. And it and it and it has to do there's a lot in this, so I don't really know where to start, but I I'm just gonna start rolling down this yeah. down this road. It's a crossroads. Our industry is hunting. It's guns. It's American pride. It is, you know, veteran backed. Mm-hmm the problem with our industry is there's companies out there now that are trying to snowflake all of those things trophy hunting is conservation mm-hmm. we stand on our veterans backs on our shoulders I'm sitting at this banquet last night listening to one of uh, the only Navy SEALs to ever get the freaking uh, congressional medal of honor right standing sitting at a table with two guys that were in vietnam behind me is eight guys that were from afghanistan and 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 we stand on their shoulders the reason we are allowed to hunt the reason we're allowed to have guns is because of the stuff that those guys did in bad places in the world right right gun rights are a right a god-given right It is the Second Amendment, which is protected by the first. When you start trying to, I call it vanilla that crap, Mm -hmm. I get upset because there's people that have died for this. This isn't a conversation about, oh, gosh, is climate change real? People have died. Thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people have died protecting those two rights. Mm -hmm. Don't take it lightly. And don't try and frickin' make it vanilla. So, our industry is at a crossroads. And there's companies that are going one way where they're trying to make it vanilla. Like, oh, let's just all get along. Everything's fine. I, I need a participation award. It's okay. And there's companies I don't like, let my kids get the third place trophies. Though. No.
1: Well, maybe third place. But if you just showed up and you... I played soccer this season. We don't get to keep those trophies no, in our house. No, no, <laughs> those <laughs> trophies don't happen at my house. It's not
0: a trophy. No, it's a participation award. Yeah, it, you didn't earn it. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. So, there's and then there's companies that are standing up and going, "This is BS." And uh, Junior, which I don't know if you you know feed filled ethos. Do you ever do you follow them? Yeah, that is. If nothing else is entertaining, yeah, follow them on on the IG on the Instagram. It's funny, but. There's companies like that, and a, a plethora of other ones that are going. No, I'm out. I I am drawing the line in the sand, and if you are anything close to making those things vanilla, um, you we aren't we aren't on the, we aren't in the same thing. And people are <laughs> it's last night. Well, we're all you know we're all conservation, and we should just all get along. Okay, then if you're conservation and you're a hunter you are a hypocrite if you don't believe in those three things right you're a hypocrite right period so and i'll
1: give you an example um people and and i know plenty of hunters who voted for joe biden right that's how is that even and 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 there's there might be someone listening to us talk and be like these guys are i voted for biden like what are they talking about well okay this president said when he was running that he wanted to to enforce stricter gun legislation yeah if you say that you want to take my guns away I believe you. I don't think people say stuff like that if they don't, if they don't think there's teeth behind it. Like, uh, why would
0: you say that? Yeah, especially, on, especially in campaign. Right. You're so, going to get called out for it. So you want to take my, my guns away. Okay, now, now follow me down this road because I think it's
1: important. What funds conservation in this country? And a lot of people don't understand. Yes, we know because we're hunters. A lot of people don't understand that Pittman Robertson dollars yes. – is based off of ammunition sales. Yes. That's a big part of that funding. Every
0: am, every bullet, every weapon, right. every... I mean, there's a, a, a list of them. Yes. And so for organizations, companies, to say, well, yeah,
1: we're kind of going back to that term you used, vanilla about it. Okay. I, I know. There's people that work for one company that, like, that I know said vote for Joe Biden. And they work for a hunting company, and they... Champion their main message in their hunting company they work for is championing conservation, and I'm like, but 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 you just said you voted for Biden, and that's less money for conservation. You want you want conservation or you don't. Even if you don't like the Second
0: Amendment, you still like conservation, right? So why would you vote against conservation? How do those people sleep at night? They're lying to themselves. I do not not understand it, man. Lying to themselves. Yes. So this is where your wife with that mouth. Yeah. I, it's all right. They so, have influence these people. Yes. And that's the scariest part. Yeah. They have some of the some of the companies in our industry, they have influence with people and that don't they're woke. They don't understand the Pittman Robbins, if there wasn't that that is the yeah. money behind our North American conservation mm-hmm. model. Yeah. If there if it didn't happen, it wouldn't happen. It, it is never it is the most successful conservation uh, management plan in history of the world yeah and the money behind that, because the money makes the world go round is buying ammo, buying weapons it's the Pitman robbins yeah yeah that's, and why would you not want to be for that a hundred percent all the time so so that's where the crossroads is how do
1: we I want to support the companies that aren't vanilla about it that's the those are the companies i want to i want to work with that's you know i had a a good relationship with one company and had had to move somewhere else recently yeah and it was a better spot for me because i said philosophically i was talking to the ceo of the company. i said philosophically this is what my problem is over here and he's like cable i've been following your social media stuff and your podcast for years he's like you just keep doing what you're doing and we'll support you i was like there we go Easy enough, right? And yeah. But isn't that how it should be in the? That is exactly. Short what of be. Do, breaking the law and like poaching or or, or saying something racist or just yeah,
0: you know, things that I wouldn't do anyway. Yeah. Like, hey, you you do things you. that aren't right. Right. As long as you're doing what's right. Yeah. What's right? Yeah. It's so so. The question is, okay, how do you pick them, right? How do you pick the companies? How do you so that you're supporting the companies that are like-minded. And, and guess what? If, if you want a vanilla stuff, that's your choice. I'm not gonna. I'm right. gonna pick the companies that I believe, you know, that are veteran pride, they are American pride, you know, all this stuff. I'm gonna pick them. So how do you do it? The beautiful thing that, that is social media and if you get on any company in 45 minutes, uh, you'll know where they stand just by what, they, what they're posting and how they're posting it. Mm-hmm. If you get on a company... A hunting company or a company in the hunting industry because they're different. Uh, I, they shouldn't be, but they are. If you get on their social media and there is no trophy sh- shots, success is what I call that trophy shots. You better dig deep, right? Dig deep because there's probably a good chance that that is not on the. What right.
1: if? What if there are trophy photos, but it's it's just the guy like, oh, and it's just like him just looking at the animals. kissing the animal. and into his eyes like. <laughs> I'm so sorry I shot you, you know, like, you know, we need some more. We need, I'm, I'm not, I'm not advocating for blood and tongues hanging out. So don't misconstrue what I'm saying, but damn it. I like a good tailgate photo. Yeah. Here's my ducks. I just shot. Yeah. Here's my dog. Here's my truck. I'm a proud American. I got I'm a four wheel
0: drive. Yeah, I'm going to take it home. I'm going to feed my family <laughs> with <laughs> yeah. it. And if you want well, to a, a blast deer on today. there too. Yeah. yeah. I had great. a blast
1: today. Now it's like some of these companies, like you, you put a deer on your tailgate
0: and took a picture of it. Why would you do such a, a redneck thing? Yeah so it's it's all about tastefulness right right so i I wouldn't put a deer on a tailgate because that's not my taste but it's okay if you do it i put ducks on there because that's fun right but well
1: also though you're you know you're you're just type of western hunting is way different than a texas deer lease like you have <laughs> it's going to take you a, have a different backdrop to work <laughs> <That's> with <right. laughs> you know, Whoa, we got mountains okay that's not, you, you, that trumps a tailgate you're i'm not right. gonna lie you're right you're we right sh- it's the dead the deer's laying there in the sendero we're gonna
0: put it in the truck anyway here's our picture <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're right it, it would it would it would be pointless to take it otherwise right, right? <laughs> mountains in the background and horses and all the fun things yeah, yeah. but it yeah so pick pick who who you want to support and support them and uh it's it's coming to a crossroads it really is and you you know there's some big brands and some big names in this industry that have drawn the line and uh both directions Mm -hmm. actually you know you and i were talking about both directions they're going no we don't stand for that we're standing about meat procurement which is great that's that's the reason we do it really yeah Mm -hmm. so you know, trophy hunting is not poaching. That's a different thing. Just because I, I, matched wits with a mature animal in his neighborhood, and I was successful, is different than shooting a rhino, cutting the horn off, and selling to the selling the the horn to the freaking Chinese. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's a different yeah. deal, different deal, and leaving the carcass there to yeah, rot. Just killing, yeah, know, that's killing. Yeah, that's killing. Not hunting. No. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, the guy that I hunt with in South Africa. He had, about eight years ago, he had six rhino on his property. And poachers came in, cut the fence, shot every one of the rhino. Two of them were pregnant. And oh, he geez. was like, yeah, they just came in and just stole my kid's college tuition. Just stole it. He was like, there's no, I'm not getting that back. Jeez. He never he never bought another rhino. He was like, I'm,
0: what, why? i Why? Yeah. You're, you're just putting a target on your back, yeah, right? Yeah. So.
2: God. Oh. Yeah.
1: yeah. I see you're still wearing boots. You've been at SHOT Show all week. I, this
0: is the last day for me, and I switched over to tennis shoes. <laughs> there's, there's a trick. I couldn't do it anymore. So there's a trick. You, I have three pairs of boots I bring with me, and uh-huh. I switch them out every day. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I was telling somebody last night that you, you just have to get in show shape, which <laughs> is standing on concrete in cowboy boots. <laughs> is a, It is a marathon, uh, but it's all right. It's well, and then
1: walking around over... Fremont Street in boots last night. I was like, God, I, I just can't do
0: it today. You got to put on the tennis shoes. <laughs> Fremont Street. That place is a unique place. If you haven't, folks, if you haven't been to Fremont Street and you come to Vegas and don't go, <laughs> you have missed out. I feel like we should be getting some kind of kickback for this, but yeah, Fremont but, Street. Yeah, Las Vegas, Las Vegas Tourism Board should be sponsoring this episode. Brought to you by Las Vegas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. That segment. Not brought to you by Las Vegas Tourism, but rather Black Rifle Coffee. Veteran-owned, it's America's Coffee Company. And whether you're uh, picking out your favorite light, medium, or dark roast, or uh, some of their awesome swag, you know, unapologetic to their core, you'll save 20% off your entire purchase with that promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out at BlackRifleCoffee.com. Coming up next, the story of Popeye, Goliath and Morty, the three mule deer monarchs that uh, forever changed the way Wyoming managed mule deer and specifically understood migration patterns. We'll continue with Ike Eastman on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Cause my baby don't Black Rifle Coffee Company is America's coffee company. It's veteran-owned. These guys laid it all on the line, fighting for you and I's freedom. And now they own the most kick-ass coffee company in the world. Whether you like a light roast, a medium roast, or a dark roast, I tend to go with the medium because I drink it black, just like my granddad. Also a uh, proud World War II veteran. Um, God rest his soul. But he always told me, son, going to drink coffee, you got to drink it black. None of that cream or sugar. So I go with the medium roast like the AK-47 espresso blend. Absolutely love it. But whatever you fancy, they've got a premium roast for you. So check it out. It's blackriflecoffee.com and you'll save 20% off your entire order of coffee or swag. They've got some great apparel uh, among other things. But 20% off when you use my promo code LoneStar20 when you check out at blackriflecoffee.com. Hey guys, Cable here, and last year was a wild year for censorship. It's only continuing in 2022 uh, for us hunters and anglers. So I've partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women, by hunters and anglers just like you. It's a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged. Imagine that. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so many more. Oh, and if you create a free account, you get 10 bucks to the store just for trying it out. Visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started, and I'll see you over there. Cable here, and if you're like me, you probably enjoy bold flavors and cuisines. And nobody does Cajun and Creole better than Chris's Specialty Foods in Frisco. Their forte includes specialty sausages, boudins, and andouille, pre-cooked soups, gumbos, and sides, where all you have to do is heat it up. What about high-quality steaks, smoked and fried turkeys, turduckens, and turducken rolls for the holidays, plus gift boxes. Storefront conveniently located off Dallas Parkway in Frisco, or shop online at Foods.com and have it delivered to your door.
0: Hey, hey, y'all! This is Roger Crager, and if I'm not out fishing or trying to take over the world, I'm listening to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. A little more than a few old guns handed down the line, once owned by my net and Poppa, but now they're mine. have they the
2: been
0: Cable Smith, welcome everybody
1: back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show where we are still visiting with Ike Eastman, whom I love visiting with Ike, a uh, larger-than-life personality, someone who I think our views on hunting, conservation, and, and life in general are very much aligned. Uh, we get along swimmingly, to say the least. Um, but before we get back into that discussion, this segment brought to you by Mossberg Firearms and the Patriot Rifle Lineup. Whether you want a synthetic stock, a, a blued wooden stock, or a traditional, like beautiful walnut stock, they offer it all. Uh, camo, you know, you can get a uh, camo pattern on the synthetic stock as well. Lots of options. All the rifles come threaded from, you know, whether you want a 22.250 on up to a dangerous game rifle like a 375 Ruger, they've got everything in between. I've got 7 mag, 300 wind mag, 6.5 Creedmoor. You name it, a classic 270. love that one as well. But whatever you fancy, they've got the caliber for you. And like I said, they're all threaded, so you can put your can on there. Uh, Check out the Patriot lineup at Mossberg.com. All right, Uh, well, let's talk some big mule deer as we continue the conversation with Ike Eastman. So you uh, you guys recently sent me a bottle of bourbon. Oh, yeah. Uh, Popeye is on the bottle. Yep and i want to talk you you, you're working in conjunction with mule deer foundation i'm a big fan of theirs you know i say i'm a a texas redneck i'm i'm really more refined than that my (laughs) wife might disagree but i love i love coming out hunting out west for me it's it's something different to do and that's i think i'm not saying i like it more than texas deer hunting but it has a a special place in my heart especially elk hunting with a bow like i'm i'm not really great at it but i'm obsessed with it yeah and that's fine. If I kill one every other year, you know, and, but I go spend my week in the mountains and do it on public land without a guide, hey, those that are some so of the,
0: un-Texan of you. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, it, I
1: did it once, and I was like, oh, gosh, got it. It's addicting, I right? I do this every year.
0: 800-pound animal at 30 yards screaming his head off. Yeah. is That's, oh, that's like red line in the fun meter right there. Yeah. That's, that is. And I've yet to shoot a big mule deer. I did shoot one. I shot one
1: at 10,000 feet with a muzzleloader in Mexico, Ooh. DIY. Ooh. Not a big one. Little three by four, um, but mature animal. He just didn't have a nice rack. Yeah. Last day of the hunt, and it's fantastic. So the muzzle loader with the trophy, yeah, that's awesome. um, Yeah. So I sent you a bottle of whiskey. So we, but Popeye is not the buck that I shot. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's not very many of those. Um, Yeah. So we we partnered with. I guess I don't know where to start with. So in the '80s, my. My dad and my uncle and my grandfather, <clears throat> pardon me, they, they went on the, the winter range in uh, central, uh, the middle of Wyoming has what we call the Red Desert, and it's the winter range. These deer migrate out of the mountains, and they migrate to, because of the cold and the snow and stuff, they migrate to the, uh, the Red Desert, which does have snow and is cold, but they, it has the right forage for, to maintain those herds during the winter. And um, so the, my my family has been filming these deer on the winter range because you get to, from December until about February, you get to see the biggest deer because they're all concentrated. You get to see the biggest deer that are, are in in Wyoming. I mean, it's unreal. And so in the 90s, my dad named this deer, and they got sheds from him. His name is Popeye. So there was, there was three living legends. There's Popeye, Morty, and Goliath. And they named this year. Goliath was actually shot by a a hunter in Utah. Um, He did find where he was summering and, and was able to take him, which I mean, that's like the success story of all success stories. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, did he know of Goliath before he, yeah. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. And they hunted him two years and they couldn't get him the first year. And they ended up shooting him the second year. Wow. So Popeye 95 or for three, four years, uh, they, kept finding him on the winter range and this dude who draws a tag and he brings his son out and they um they go camping which is really a scouting mission on this lake and he climbs the top of this ridge and he looks off into the valley below and there's Popeye he goes gosh I, I am pretty sure that's Popeye and this is this is right when it was all crazy. Everybody knew about Popeye, but nobody knew where he summered. Nobody knew where he was during hunting season. No one. Mm-hmm. He gets within 80 yards of that deer and takes a photo of him. <laughs> yeah, sends it to my dad. Of course, this is this is not digital. It's not like texting that didn't exist, right? Sends it to my dad. I go, hey, I think this is Popeye. Can you confirm that that's Popeye I'm standing in velvet? Yes, that's Popeye. Goes back in there and is unable to shoot the deer he couldn't, couldn't find him during hunting season, blah, blah, blah. But from that point where that deer summered, where he summered from versus where he wintered, he had to cross two mountain ranges and two major rivers over 200 miles. Oh, wow. He migrated. So I had this idea. Uh, they're doing the, They were doing this migration initiative thing where the, it was a crazy story. It progressed, but they were, uh, the migration corridors because Jackson, it's a, right around Jackson, Pinedale. There was a lot of oil and gas development. There's a lot of urban development, people wanting to move in there. And they're building huge, you know, three, four hundred house uh, subdivisions and all that mm. on this winter Can't range. Can't stop progress. No, on the winter range. So, the <laughs> Casey Stimler, who works for the Department of Interior, uh, who I've known my entire life. His dad and my dad have been friends forever. In fact, his dad used to run our deer tour. He was when he retired from uh, he was a prison guard, for God's sake. But Casey Stimler works for the Department of Interior and he goes, These corridors are important. We have got to do something to save these corridors. So he's the money. There's nonprofit organizations like the Mueller Foundation, uh uh there's muley fanatics. There's a ton of nonprofits that go in and go, okay, we what, do we what do we do? Well, they all the stars align. There's a biologist from South Dakota, Montief, who does, who is infatuated with mule deer and he's a taxidermist He does a study and finds that now because GPS technology is a thing that mm-hmm. we can collar these deer and figure out where these corridors are where pinch points because they they'll come you know 200 miles but they all come to one spot and cross the river at this spot or they come to one place and cross the highway at this spot so he collars all these deer finds out there's one doe traveled 268 miles golly yeah from when she summered to where she wintered and uh they find these pinch points and then government and other non-profit organizations like SCI, Mueller Foundation, all these guys pony up money and they buy corridors or they build a bridge. Like there's bridges on this highway, random highway in the middle of nowhere. There's a, a bridge, an overpass. So the deer, because it's a pinch point. So I I start narrowing all stuff. We do this uh, film called Imperiled, which documents all of this stuff from the 80s when my my grandfather and my dad were out on the Winter Range filming that stuff to the '90s with Popeye, and then to the current state. <clears throat> and actually, uh, last week um, I wasn't able because of, of medical things. With my my wife had neck surgery, which was it, it turned out great, but I she couldn't drive and stuff, so I ha- I wasn't able to go. But one of my my right hand man, Brandon, went down to the Winter Range and filmed again, uh-huh. and he finds a buck that is unbelievable. He's got to be 250. He's got a huge oh, draw point. I mean, it's unreal, right? So the the point is these nonprofit organizations are doing all this work. Uh the government is putting up the money to make this happen and it's working. And they're saving a species that they didn't know they had they didn't know was in trouble mm-hmm. because the same deer, but they didn't know that the deer in the mountains, were wintering there till twenty years ago. Right, they had no idea. Full, all started with a photo of Popeye on the Winter Range, and then f- another photo of him during hunting season. Wow. Well, so the the bottle that you sent oh, me. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't even. I was <laughs> like, oh, where's, there, where's the whiskey coming in this? Uh, so i I, uh, I went to I went to high school in a little, little town in th- in uh, in Wyoming called Thermopolis, and uh, one of my friends. Uh, she is the marketing person for the only whiskey. That's no, not now, but it was the only whiskey distiller in Wyoming. Uh-huh. And I went to her and said, hey, I want to buy a bunch of whiskey and uh, I want to give it to sponsors and stuff like that. And she goes, why don't you buy a barrel? What does that mean? I'm like, Amanda, what does that mean? A buy a <laughs> barrel? Can you buy a barrel of whiskey? Is right. that a thing? <laughs> and uh, so we, So I don't need that much whiskey, but I bought a barrel and I donated the majority of the bottles, and it, and it was fun. It was really fun. I took my whole crew down there, and we tested them because you can just pop a, uh, the cork out of a, a barrel of whiskey and test it uh-huh. and see if you like it. And it's it was the yeah, fifteen barrels of of whiskey testing. <laughs> I didn't drive home. Let's put yeah. it that way. We we bring we bring a kid to drive us home, uh-huh. but. Uh, uh, so I bought a barrel and uh, we filled we we labeled them and we filled the bottles and uh sent some to our sponsors but I I took most of those and I donated them to the Mueller foundation they're all signed and numbered donate them to the Mueller foundation and they auction them off at auctions so you got my reserve my <laughs> private reserve you got a bottle out of my private reserve hopefully you didn't drink it I haven't No. Yeah. I don't plan on it yeah I I, I did crack a bottle open just with with a childhood friend mule deer who yeah. I've hunted mule deer for twenty years with. We cracked it open and had way too much of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it it is it's Popeye. So this year we're gonna come out. Uh, we're gonna do Morty. So we're gonna we're gonna go pick another. Actually, I've I've already picked the barrel. Uh, we're gonna have another barrel of bottles, and then another one next year will be Goliath. And so the
1: the majority of them they're able to auction off and raise money yep.
0: for yep. mule deer yep. conservation for them and it, oh yeah it all goes all of the money goes to the mule deer migration initiative buying property they bought a 500 uh, acre chunk of property that was a pinch point right around a lake that they were going to so they important. were going to make it into a development a housing development and they bought it turned it over to the state to manage and it's a pinch point it's very important uh-huh. so
1: well, and it so the bottle actually says uh bourbon on it
0: yeah yeah,
1: so I, I, I'm I'm not like the biggest bourbon snob, but Texas has had a bunch of them pop up in recent years, mm-hmm. and I none of them really do a lot for me. If yeah. it doesn't say Kentucky, small batch right, on right, it, right. I'm generally gonna say eh, it's
0: yeah. probably not gonna be that good. Yeah, um, I know you like bourbon a lot too. I I may my I'm I may be a snob on that <laughs> actually. Yep. Yeah, I uh, so Wyoming whiskey uh, is a unique whiskey because of our so in Kentucky, they have to turn the barrels constantly because of the temperature. Mm-hmm. They have to rotate the barrels. In Wyoming, they don't mm. because our temperature changes drastically. Just before, because of, you know, 10 below zero uh, to 135 degrees in the summer in these in these warehouses, the, the whiskey rolls around inside those barrels mm. uh, naturally, which makes awesome whiskey. Yeah. And their distiller up there, he's like a he's like the mad scientist of crazy stuff. They, they came out with one that's a maple one right now. It's unreal. Yeah. So our whiskey's a lot different than Kentucky. It's not going to be the same. If you crack it open thinking you're, it's going to be Buffalo Trace or Pappy's, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's uh because it, all of the grains and stuff that they use are from Wyoming. They it's locally sourced. Uh, it's distilled in Wyoming. The water is different. I mean, there's so many things that change that taste, um, but it's it's as good as you're gonna get. Yeah. Well, so
1: real quick, what would be? And and now small match, uh, small batch bourbons are becoming like yeah. Like where can you find one like a yeah. good one? Um, <clears throat> what would be your best bang for the buck? Like you want it? You go into the liquor store. I think I can probably find this one pretty regularly. It's
0: not gonna break your pocketbook i shouldn't say this out loud but i'm a pendleton drinker that's not even that's not that's canadian it's a canadian blend it is (laughs) i'm a pendleton drinker uh i my best friend from childhood got me drinking it but i don't like for for instance i down here you're not going to find that it's it's hard to find down here uh and i mix it which is like Anti whiskey drinking, right? Right. I do. I do it for a different reason. <laughs> um, no, if I was Buffalo Trace is my bourbon uh-huh. because it it's it, you can get it everywhere, yeah, and it is phenomenal bourbon. Yeah, phenomenal. Last night I was drinking Bullet. That's Bullet's Bullet. good too. Yeah, that's yeah. that's Texas. The rye it? or the? uh oh, I can't do rye. I don't I'm, like. I'm rye. allergic to rye. I don't like rye either. Hey, I, I break out, which yeah. is weird. <laughs>
1: well. Drinking for conservation, I uh, like that. Yes. Um, yes. I don't. I don't guess you can just buy one of these bottles unless you were at a banquet or something.
0: No. Like so what I uh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize this when we when I came up with this cockamamie idea of oh I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a, a hundred of these bottles away to the Mueller Foundation and they auction them off and and uh, people can buy them and you know they're all numbered and I didn't realize you can't you can't ship bourbon so mm. so I gave you that bottle right. You can't right. ship liquor. No. I didn't. Know I, that. And I, in fourteen years of doing this, you're the only person
1: that ever sent a thank you for having me. You know, really? having been on the podcast. Yeah, oh. I mean, people say thank you or email, but like an actual physical gift. I was like, it was unexpected. It was oh. unnecessary,
0: but it was very kind yeah. of you. So I appreciate oh. that. That's that's too bad. Yeah, I, I've lo- like I, said, I've lost kinda... a little a little faith in humanity today. <laughs> That's too bad. Well, maybe they gave me a hat or something, yeah, you know, but, but, not, uh, but yeah. not not something that they're auctioning off for a thousand bucks. Right. Yeah. Totally unexpected. So I appreciate that. That was very cool to open that up and yeah. be like, "Oh, bourbon." Huh, yeah. So if cool. so, if, if your crew goes to the Hunt Expo, uh, it, which is in February, mm-hmm. uh, they'll have like three. I think they have three bottles that they're going to auction off. They're okay. going for they're going for a $1, thousand fifteen hundred bucks, which is insane. Awesome.
1: To me. That's awesome for mule deer. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, cool, man. Well, I certainly. Enjoyed the conversation. Yeah,
0: okay. well, I appreciate it. Yeah. We'll, we'll have well. to get you on ours. Yeah. Our our uh, Eastman Elevated, yep. on nope. our podcast. Uh,
1: Brian had me on. We had a great talk. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Brian's a cool dude. Yeah. I like him a lot. T- he's I mean, talk about somebody that kills some very nice animals. Yeah. He that, and that dude is He is
0: genuine. Every I've, I've had this conversation three times. So this we're talking week.
1: about Brian Barney, he's the host of Eastman's Elevated yeah. and uh yeah. follow, follow his Instagram if
0: you want to see somebody that is putting some mature animals on the ground with a bow oh he's just passionate passionate about hunting he's he loves mule deer that's his that's his Uh jam great elk hunter loves to fish Uh i mean he is but he is uh, people ask me is is brian really that like that because he's 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 the most upbeat sometimes i call him Odie from garfield Uh he's the most upbeat awesome dude people go is he really like that (laughs) oh yeah that's that's brian yeah in fact I've been at shows, and, and I, I look at Brian and go, dude, I just need some negativity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, we got a dog. Yeah. This is our uh, lab. I think her name's Dolly, Dolly. from uh, Saskatchewan waterfowl hunting here. She's just been running around. That's cool. She's a good-looking lab. Yeah. Really good-looking. Well, man, safe travels home. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, thanks for, for having the time. Thanks for Yeah, my pleasure. Appreciate it. So there he goes, Ike Eastman of Eastman's Hunting Journal. Uh, always love our conversations. <laughs> Never a dull moment with Ike. That segment of the show, proudly brought to you by NUMA, geared for the outdoors. Y'all know that that's what I've been wearing for the past. I think the first time I wore my NUMA gear was in South Africa in July. And uh, and then continue that, New Mexico elk, Texas whitetail season, duck season. They've got something for every season. And, I mean, you wouldn't think about it now because of this snowstorm that we just had in north texas but uh generally speaking it was a mild winter and you can get away with just a base layer and the alpha vertex suit that's what i lived in this fall you can find the alpha vertex and their entire lineup of outdoor apparel right there at numaoutdoors.com unfortunately we are out of time gotta go gotta get out of here thanks to ike as well as our other guest today jason klein Jumping on from Ohio, uh, thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great weekend outdoors. That's why God loves
0: cowboys. I believe there's a place in his heart. As when the herd needs tending, fences need mending, he knows they'll work hard. On his great big ranch called
1: Life